morning, everyone. So last week, I missed you all. I was in Montana at a wedding, um, but we worked hard to try to get Father Brady. So you had Father Brady here last week. You're welcome. Uh, he is a better priest than I am, uh, but he, he's great. So, but today, I want to start by throwing him under the bus. He's one of my best friends, and that's what friends do. So in, in my community, the Companions of Christ, we always talk about how we have all the different personality types, and that makes it kind of fun. And Father Brady and I are both melancholic, which is another way of saying that we're holy. Um, <laughs> at least that's what I tell the other guys. <laughs> it's always bad. But anyway, we're melancholic, right? So we, we tend to like kind of, you know, rain and depressing music and, you know, we're kind of happy when we're sad. That's, that's kind of how we roll. For years in seminary, everyone thought that I was the biggest melancholic. But slowly it came out that Father Brady was actually much stronger than I was in that regard. It's kind of a closet melancholic. And we knew it was, we knew it was much stronger than mine when one day at the end of seminary, uh, it was right before we were ordained priests, and we had asked each other kind of, what, what's, your, what's the best book you're reading right now? And, and Father Brady came out and he said, I found my favorite book. He's like, I've never read a better book than this. It's called My Only Friend is Darkness. <laughs> True story, I am not kidding. I still think that's his favorite book. My Only Friend is Darkness. I was like, I finally feel understood. But that's going to help us a little bit today. Uh, today, I was just praying, I was thinking about how do I show everyone today what's going on in our readings. Our readings today are so full of light and joy that they almost, we can't relate. Sometimes, right, in Isaiah 35 today, our first reading, when we're not in that place, if you don't feel filled with joy and your heart's not just exploding with love. We miss what's happening today in our first reading. Listen to this. Isaiah says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute <laughs> shall sing for joy. Imagine that. We come to Mass some days, and, you know, you had a regular Sunday. You wake up, you sleep in a little bit, and maybe you're just not there. And so we hear that at Mass, and we just don't, we haven't entered into it. Brothers and sisters, imagine if you were mute, and God made you able to speak. What would you do but sing? I imagine if you were blind and you, you couldn't see and your eyes were opened. Right? That's, that's what our readings are about today. And, and what I want to propose to you right now at the start of today's sermon is that you can't enter into that joy unless you understand the problem. Right? You, you don't appreciate the light unless you've been in darkness. So I was thinking about that, and I was like, how do I make everyone melancholic? I have to do that. 
And I was praying and thinking about how to preach today. And of course, this, I'm, I'm, I love music, so this song came to my head that I loved when I was in high school. And this really is what's going on. In this song, there's this chorus. The song's called Nada. And it, there's, in the chorus, the singer says, I'm just waiting for that cold, dark soul of mine to come alive. And I'm melancholic, so I'm like, amen. <laughs> I'm with you. And the sanguines are like, what are you talking about? It's always sunshine. It's always happy. And us melancholics are like, we hate you people. <laughs> But in the song, that guy's talking about that, and he has this, this whole song, he's talking about how he's numb inside, and he knows something's wrong. He knows inside of him something's dead. And if you're going to understand today's readings, you have to understand that God, the context for everything that happens today in our readings is that Israel's soul has been cold and dead. And the way the scriptures talk about that, right, the metaphor scripture uses so frequently, but especially the book of Isaiah. And today we heard Isaiah 35. The book of Isaiah expresses that by saying that Israel is blind and deaf. In Isaiah chapter 6, it's a very famous chapter in the scriptures. It's where Isaiah receives this call. In Isaiah chapter 6, God says to Isaiah, go and say to this people, hear and hear, but do not understand. See and see, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people fat. Have you ever felt like that? That your heart is heavy, it just weighs down. It doesn't feel anything, it's numb, it's slow to move. Make the heart of this people fat and their ears heavy and shut their eyes. Lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts. And they turn and be healed. The problem, right? The problem in the book of Isaiah is that God's people are blind and deaf. And in our gospel today, Jesus heals a man who is both deaf and mute. And what I want to show you today is that there's more to this story. We, we're going to skip this in our, our readings. And so this gives me a chance. I just want to show this to you, what's going to happen. And you should go home today. Today is God's day. Right? Today does not belong to the mall. Today doesn't belong to the movie theater or whatever. Today belongs to God. Go home and read Mark 7 and 8. We're going to largely skip Mark 8 in our readings in the coming weeks. But here's what happens. Today we're in Mark 7, and Jesus heals this man who's deaf and mute. So you guys, this is chapter 7 on this side. In chapter 8... He's going to come and he's going to heal a blind man. It's going to be very similar. But he heals a deaf man, then he heals a blind man. And in the middle, in between those two stories, 
the apostles have a hard time understanding about one of Jesus' miracles, and they don't really get it yet. They don't get who he is. And so Jesus says this. He says, do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? They go back and forth a little bit, and at the end of it, Jesus turns to them and he says, says he said to them, do you not yet understand? So think about this. So you have in in chapter 7, Jesus heals a deaf man. In chapter 8, he heals a blind man. And in between, he tells the apostles that they are deaf and blind. You see, God doesn't just want to tell us things. He wants to show us. And so in the scripture, when Jesus heals people, it's never just about a physical healing. It's never just about that, ever. It's always deeper. And the problem in the scripture is that you and I are deaf and blind. And the reason we're deaf and blind and the problem in Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, why why are the Jews deaf and blind? And why are the apostles deaf and blind? And if you read the book of Isaiah in chapter 5, it tells you why. Is because they have worshipped false gods and they have lived immoral lives. And the church has always taught that. If you're living in a life of sin, brothers and sisters, if you're worshipping a false god, we talk about that a lot here at Lourdes because it's so important. I know you don't have like a statue of Buddha in your closet and you don't like burn incense and kneel before it. If you do, <laughs> talk to me later. Um, but there's the gods of our time, the false gods of our time, power and pleasure, comfort, money, vanity. When we worship those things, we grow blind to the truth. We become unable to see who God is. And so Jesus today, right, think about this. Brothers and sisters, Jesus healing this man today and him curing the deaf man and then the blind man. That is what happens if you live a real Christian life. Right? And think about this with Isaiah. I just love that line. The ears of the deaf deaf shall be unstopped. The eyes of the blind will be opened. The lame man shall leap like a deer. And the tongue of the mute shall sing for joy. You see, that's what God wants your Christian life to be like. And if you come to Mass and you don't get it, and you don't walk out of these doors filled In some way or another, if God isn't speaking to you, that's what he wants to do in your life. You see, Jesus comes so that we might no longer be deaf 
and we may no longer be blind. And imagine that. Imagine if you had the kind of joy of someone who is blind and then could see. Imagine if you sang for joy like someone who is mute and could speak. That's what happens when we encounter Christ. Now, I know you know this, but think about those annoying Christians. I mean, you know, you know those annoying Christians out there who are like that? I've been that guy at different times in my life. When Christians, when we really meet Jesus, when we stop pretending that he's one aspect of our life, right? And I know we, we all have done this. Yeah, I'm an accountant, and I like, uh, I like soccer. Um, my favorite band is Britney Spears, this artist. Um, we have the same microphone. Britney Spears is my favorite, and, um, you know, I, th these are my favorite kind of movies, and I'm a Catholic. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Jesus cannot be, if you know who he is, he cannot be one part of your life. Impossible. Absolutely impossible. If you encounter him, he can't be a part of your life. He becomes everything. Absolutely everything. If he's one part of your life, brothers and sisters, you still have blindness going on. Right, Jesus, you are not one part of my life. You are everything. You're my everything, Jesus. When I was at CU and I had my, my initial kind of real conversion to Catholicism, brothers and sisters, my heart came alive. I was an annoying Christian. How many of you are CU grads? Aren't you so happy today? Being Nebraska, it's like, sorry if you're from Nebraska, but not really. But when I was at CU, everyone, I, I kid you not, I feel like everyone walks like this. We just stare at the ground. When I had my conversion, when I met Christ, right, people who fall in love with Jesus, they never say, like, I discovered the truth. Gosh, it's terrible really awful, but it's true, so I guess I have to do it. They never say that. When Christians encounter Christ, what happens? They become so joyful, so alive that they annoy other people. And that was me. And when I encounter Christ at different times in my life, that's what happens. The people would be walking across campus, and I was this annoying guy because I was so on fire, and I'd be like, Hey, <laughs> and I'd have a smile from ear to ear, and I couldn't contain my joy. And I pr every day at the University of Colorado, I had a rosary in my pocket, and in between my classes, I would pray the rosary, and I didn't do it because I was like, man, I'm such a sinner. I guess I better pray for, for mercy and penance and that God would smite me. That wasn't it. I prayed the rosary because I was so happy I was so full of joy that I couldn't do anything else. 
I went to this dance. This is when I should have known that I was going to be a, a priest. I went to this sorority dance. I was available at one time, ladies. I went to this sorority dance, and this girl, she was beautiful. Her name was Rachel. She asked me to her sorority dance, and we were dancing, and she was, I, she was way out of my league, and we were dancing, and I came home at the end of the night, and my roommate, Chris, said, he said, Brian, how was the dance? And I said, gosh, it was awesome. And he said, how'd it go with Rachel? And I was like, man, she's so great, but every time they played these love songs, all I could think about was how much God loves us. And he smacked me, literally. <laughs> he was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. This is what God wants to do in our life. He wants you to be like that person who was blind but can see, whose heart was hard and it's filled with life. That's who Christ is, brothers and sisters. And if you're not living that, if you don't have that, right, the Christian life's not going to be that 100% of the time. There's going to be crosses and there's going to be trials and difficulties, but the way we go through those it's because we have new hearts. And we know that it's okay if my job is terrible. And it's okay if my marriage is struggling. And it's okay if I don't feel like I'm perfect. Because I am loved. And I'm loved by someone who isn't a part of my life. I am loved by the eternal God. The one who said, let there be light, loves me. And he cured my blindness, and he opened my ears. What more do you want out of life? St. Augustine says it this way. When Augustine, right, and you know, he's my favorite saint. I just love St. Augustine. I didn't want to. You know, like, I'm the guy when a band becomes popular, I don't like him anymore. And, like, people start listening to Gregory Allen Isakoff, and I'm like, stop it, he's mine. But Augustine, I just can't help but love him, because his story is all like that. He was a normal guy. And he says this, and his book on, it's called The Confessions, it's his autobiography. He says, God, and he wasn't a Christian for a long, long time, and he became a Catholic priest and bishop. And he said, God, you were within me, and I was in the world outside myself, right? I searched for you outside myself, and disfigured as I was, I fell upon the lovely things of your creation, right? All of us do this. The mountains are beautiful, right? The, the world is beautiful, and we seek those things. I fell upon the lovely things of your creation. You were with me, but I was not with you. Amen. That's the story of my life. Most of my, you know, I can't say that anymore. Growing up until college, God was always with me, but I was not with him. The beautiful things of this world kept me far from you, O oh God. You called me, you cried aloud to me. 
you broke my barrier of deafness. You shone upon me. Your radiance enveloped me. You put my blindness to flight. You shed your fragrance about me. I drew breath, and now I grasp for your sweet odor. I tasted you, and now I hunger, and I thirst for you. You touched me, and I am inflamed with love of your peace. Real Christians never say, I discovered Jesus is God, and so now I guess I have to follow him. Real Christians taste the goodness of God, and they cry and sing for joy. And living the Christian life is not a burden. It's everything. So brothers and sisters, almost done. How does God do that? God wants to do that in your life. In, in Mark's gospel, the way that people finally are cured of their blindness only comes with the crucifixion. only comes with the crucifixion. In Mark chapter 15, when Jesus dies on the cross, uh, the Roman centurion, who's supposed to be someone who doesn't see, right? He's not a Jew. He's not a follower of Christ. When Jesus dies and the centurion says, truly this man was the son of God. Jesus died to cure you of your blindness. That you would stop pretending that your life is about the size of your bank account or the house you live in or the comfort or pleasures or ego that you have. You were made for so much more than that. And the Lord wants to give you that. He wants, I, I told the last mass, and it's so true, the Lord wants to make you an annoying Christian. Because the, the love inside your heart will be so powerful, so life-giving, that you just can't help but be joyful. Jesus, today, Lord, I need a conversion. I always do. I need a new one. I want to see Jesus. I want to stop pretending that I was made for comfort or pleasure, for vanity. Lord, I'm happy the buffs won. I, I am. But I don't really care. I don't care. Lord, if I have you, I have everything. And I pray for everyone in this church, Jesus, wherever they're at, Lord, will you remove the blindness from their eyes, the hardness from their hearts. Lord, would you open their ears? May you show them that they were made for you, that you are the eternal God, and that you love them, and that they'll only find happiness in you. Lord, may the tongue of the mute sing for joy. May your church May your church herald your praises in all the world. Lord, open our eyes and open our ears.